If you got a Bible, you're going to need the whole Bible today. You need the want to be in the Old Testament and a little bit in the New. Nehemiah. You don't know where that's at. That's right next to Esther. And I loved it. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu on his speech uh, give Esther some notoriety. She hadn't had that much notice in 3,000 years. And uh, talking about how that uh, God came and rescued his people, um, Benjamin Netanyahu's people. And it's amazing that uh, there's a man that spoke with clarity and everyone knew who, who and what he was talking about. He was willing to say Islamic terrorist, and yet our own president, for whatever reason, can't mouth those words. I think I know the reason. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, I've been preaching the... Uh, the rapture of the church for a lot of years, but uh, no time in my ministry has it ever been more forceful to me than it is right now. Uh, you don't have to you don't have to have a Bible scholar to try to uh, dig down deep to find something. It's it's everywhere you look. It's everywhere you look. So uh, it behooves us as Christian people uh, to be about the Master's business. And what, we, what we're going to do, we need to be doing now. If you've got somebody you need to win to Jesus, you need to do it now. You need to do it now. Nehemiah chapter number two. And you might think that's hard to find, but it's really not. It's on page 780. <laughs> right there it is. Nehemiah 2, 7, 8, and 9. Moreover, I said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timbers to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertains to the house and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. The king is Xerxes, is who we're talking about. And I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. We want to look today, we'll put a title on this, Letters from the king is what we want to look at. Lord, take the few words that we will speak here this morning, and I'm believing, God, that it will be helpful, it will be beneficial. Lord, it will be manna for some, it will be milk for others, it will be meat for others. God, it will be exactly what is needed in their scope and sphere of what they're going through. In Jesus' name we're praying, amen. Whenever I'm in Nehemiah, I'm, you're... You know, I'm that close, so I've got to go over it. In Nehemiah chapter 1, don't, in prayer, don't reinvent the wheel. You don't have to. Don't be too smart by half. You don't have to. 
Uh, it shows us in Nehemiah how to pray and you, how you pray is A, C, T, S. It's like the book of Acts. A, C, T, S. And in Nehemiah chapter one, verse five, is Nehemiah bowing down to God and he is adoring God. Adoration to God. You don't go before God and throw him down your grocery list. You go before God and you, you honor him and who he is. And in verse six and seven, you confess. And I know some of you are good as Jesus and getting better every day, but uh, you probably still need to confess. You know, I don't think if you take your coat off, there's going to be little wings that's going to sprout in the back, I doubt. So there are things that we got to confess. That's in verse six and seven. In verses eight, nine, and 10, Nehemiah spends some time in thanksgiving to God. And then to wrap it all up in verse 11, that's his supplication. That was what he, he needed. This was his heart's cry. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then your supplication. From Susa, where this was taking place at thousands, thousands of years ago, to Jerusalem was a thousand miles. On camel or on horseback, it was going to take two months for that caravan to get there. And Nehemiah had foresight enough to realize and know this is going to be an easier deal for me if I have a letter from the king stating what we're doing. Because there were marauding bands, there were um, um, terrorists back thousands of years ago. And Nehemiah realized he needed something official for him, be able to, for him to be able to make it all the way. Now, how many remembers uh, who rescued Dr. Livingston? No? Stanley. Guy by the name of Stanley was the one that said, Dr. Livingston, I presume, upon finding, upon finding the doctor. And what is very little known about that was almost on day one, once he gets to Africa from England in this journey to find Dr. Livingston, a chieftain approaches him and he's got two goats because he has stomach problems and he's got to have goat's milk. Stanley does. And the king says, the chieftain says, I want those goats. And Stanley was willing to put up a fight until his, his guide said, keep your mouth shut. Do what the chieftain says. And the chieftain trades him a elaborate walking stick. And Liv, uh, uh, Stanley said, I had no idea that that walking stick was what was going to get me through to the day that I found Dr. Livingston. Because from that time on, any time that they went into a village, when the villagers seen that walking stick, 
He had carte blanche. He could ask for anything in that village and they were willing to give it to him because they knew that that was from a chieftain and it, what it represented was power and authority. And he said that right there was what got him all the way through into the jungles of Africa to be able to find Dr. Livingston. Now, there are things within the, within the Bible, and I'll, mm, no, I won't go there. There are things that, because of a letter that God has written us, that it should give us a certain amount of confidence that we would have, that we wouldn't have if we didn't have the letter. I like confidence. How many likes confidence? Yes. How many wants to be on somebody's team that says, oh, I don't care if we win or lose? <laughs> no, no. And I read this years ago and thought it uh, um, insightful enough that uh, I've written this down and voice remembered this. We on, at birth, we are born with just two basic fears. Fear of loud noise and fear of falling. Every other fear is learned. It's a learned behavior. Instead of learning fear, I think we should learn confidence. The woman on the cruise ship, she's on a chase lounge and a man walks by and she looks at him and smiles and says, you look like my third husband. And he says, well, ma'am, how many times have you been married? And she said, twice. <laughs> See, that's, that's confidence. Confidence. George McCluskey, a man who, him and his wife, they had two daughters, and he prayed over them daughters from the time that they were born because he had confidence in God. He had confidence in his prayers. And they had children, and he prayed for his grandchildren. God's will would be done because he had confidence in God, and he had confidence in his prayers to God. He had two great grandsons and he prayed for them because he had confidence in his prayers he had confidence in his God one of those great grandsons became a minister the other great grandson became a child psychologist who eventually wrote a best selling book on child psychology and then after that was on a radio station and then, by the time he retired, he was on 1,000 radio stations. How many knows who that child psychologist is? James Dobson. If you go there to this day, there is a statue of his great-grandfather on bending knee praying. I think it's good to have confidence. Good to have confidence. I think you can pray and know that God loves us, God hears us, God wants to bless us. I want you to go to the book of 1 John, 
First John chapter five. This is this is this is high cotton right here. I'm telling you now, this is good stuff. I've used this hundreds of times. First John five verse eleven. And this is the record. We could say letters. These are the letters that God has given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not life. That's pretty self-explanatory. You have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written in a letter. Letters from a king. Unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Years ago, I was preaching, in a, and I know it was years ago because the, afterward, the woman called me young man. Young man, you will never know that you have eternal life until you die and you stand before God. And I said, ma'am, that's, no, I disagree with that. The scripture that I used, and she goes, I don't care about that. <laughs> you will never know. My mom told me years ago, you will never know. And I said, well, it gets right down to this. Either I believe you or I believe John. <laughs> And John said what? John said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may, what's the rest of it? Know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That creates confidence. People, if your idea of salvation is I'm saved one day and I'm lost the next. That does not create confidence. It's anything but confidence. And the illustration I've used dozens of times is the plane that went down over South America with about 20 people on board. And it was in the Associated Press where the, a man stood up in that plane and said... I am a minister of the gospel. You've, we've heard what the pilot said. We're going down. How many wants to pray and ask Jesus to be their savior? Oh, that's an easy gig there. Every hand. Every hand went up. And he prayed, and I think there was three or four survivors. But those people that perished bodily in that plane crash, their spirit went straight to God. You know why that happened? Because one man had confidence in God. And the reason I say that is because if he did not have confidence, he would have, oh my, oh my, oh my, what about me? What, oh, 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 oh God, am I ready? And it all been about him. 
but he didn't live like that. He knew that it was all about Jesus Christ taking his sins away, and he had confidence knowing that that had already been done. He had already asked Jesus to be his Savior. That freed him up to be able to minister to others. Thank God for confidence. Thank God for confidence. Nehemiah had letters from the king, and it gave him confidence to be able to go from close to Babylon all the way to Jerusalem and do some remarkable things. Rebuilding the wall was no picnic, but I want you to realize this. The temple was built. It's a lot like a Christian's. They're saved, but they have no wall of protection around them. It's just like, it's just like whatever, whatever bad day the devil wants them to have, they're going to have no matter what. And it's like they, the Jewish people said at one time, I will lay down like a road and the enemy can walk all over me. God never intended that. No way, no how. Be transformed by the renewing of our what? Mind. And the devil will fight against that. Nehemiah did three things. Number one, he resisted. I'm not fighting the devil. I do what Nehemiah did. I resist the devil. I love it when you got Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah, the three enemies, came to him and said, we got an idea for you, Nehemiah. You need to come down from that wall and go to the valley of Ono and talk to us. And Nehemiah's response is, oh no, I will not go to the valley of Ono. I am doing a great work here and you're not going to get me to stop. Their response, ha! They laughed. A great work, they ridiculed. A fox could run up that wall and it'd fall down. You know what? There's always going to be somebody that's willing to rain on your parade. Have you figured that out? You know that that's true? It is. There is. Always going to be somebody more than willing to do that. Because the old saying is, misery loves company. I am not leaving this great work to fight against the enemy. Preacher, I heard somebody bad-mouthing you one time. One time? What? I'm doing good. A dog barked at the Queen of England and the guy that was following her around for the day reporting on what she was doing and who she was seeing, he said well, it was phenomenal. said the dog barked at the Queen and the Queen didn't bark back. So uh, I'm not going to bark at, uh, at everything somebody does or says. Uh, number two, what did he do? He remembered in Nehemiah chapter four, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember where the Lord has brought you from. Amen. Remember where the Lord's taking you. Amen. And number three, there was a time of rally where Nehemiah keeps the momentum going, and thank God that he did. Thank God that he did. 
one of the great things in this book where he says, should such a man as I flee? Because they told him, there's assassins out to kill you. You need to stay in the house of God. We have a place for you. And he said, should such a man as I flee? This guy was like John Wayne. He wasn't going to be intimidated. Ridicule, troublemakers. And I've always, I've tried to have the Barney Fife theology in that is to nip it, nip it in the bud. And the reason why we've got, say if you've got 1,200 people and you've got, say, 1% that are causing trouble, there's 12 people. That's 12 too many. They could do a lot of, you know, this right here. So there's always that. Fatigue. They hit the wall from time to time. And it wasn't the wall that they was building. It was just a wall of too much junk and garbage sometime that was in the way. And the purpose of clearing out garbage is so we continue to build the wall. Well, preacher, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't cuss and I don't chew and I don't run with those that do. Well, that's great. But are you building the wall? That's better. You've got an active hand and participation in what's going on. There once lived a man who never risked. He never tried, he never laughed, he never cried. Then one day when he passed away, his insurance was denied. They said since he never really lived and he never really died. I'll tell you something very basic here. The devil wants you to live in garbage. And if your life is just full of a garbage heap, I've never watched that movie or that show Hoarders. I just, there's just some, I just can't watch the commercials is bad enough. And I'm thinking there's something devilish about that. And it's not that I'm Mr. Uh, nasty, nice kind of person. It's not that at all. It's just that I think that there's something about having your life so mismanaged and not knowing the up from the down. Uh, I don't know. There's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. And number two, the devil would like for you to be in chains, whether it's of addiction or whatever it would be. Years ago, God just kind of gave me a, 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 just a light into something. I'd never really seen it before. It's in the book of Revelation where it says that one angel with one chain bound Lucifer for a thousand years. Big, bad Lucifer. And it was all it took was one angel and one chain. We may be giving Slewfoot too much credit. One angel with one chain. In Isaiah 51, there's a, a, a 
just in, in five words, it so describes so many people. A bull in a net. To where there's so much potential, so much strength, so much vigor that's there. But all of his strengths, he's in a mess of trying to get away and get out. I know people that way. And what a shame. What a shame. When God has strength and purpose and his desire is for us to turn right around and reach someone else for him. I've told a lot of different stories down through the years of people that I've went and ministered to and talked to. All of them, everyone, happened because I had confidence in God. Because I knew I couldn't go on my own. I knew I didn't have the words to speak on my own. Confidence in God. I've told the story of the woman that she cussed me and Willie Taylor out. I'm telling you. And the whole way over there, I'm saying, this won't be too bad. And Willie's going, no, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. <laughs> so it won't be that bad. This is going to be bad. And we got back in my truck. And after she said a few other words and... I said, that was bad. <laughs> and Willie said, I told you it's going to be bad. But looking back on that, I think God prepared her. Otherwise, I think she would have killed me. <laughs> she, was that, she was that irate. So God prepared her. So when you go and you speak to someone... Realize, like Nehemiah did, I'm going to go do a great work, and I've got letters from a king that's going to allow me to go right into that country, right into that situation, and make a difference. And he built that wall. That's what Israel needed. The temple was there. They had been reborn, but now they need to be rebuilt. The wall needed to be there for protection. Any ancient city that was worth defending, they built a wall. Just like Jerusalem. You can see it now, thousands of years later. When we, first time I was there, we drove in at night and we topped that hill. And our tour guide, Eleazar, he said, Behold, the city of God. And it was all lit up and that wall was there. Wow. That wall was there for protection. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, I have confidence in you. I have confidence in your word. There are letters, letters from a king that lets us know that we can have confidence in you. We trust in you. We believe in you. We honor you. We realize the devil, Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies, 
as Jesus called him. He wants people in chains and garbage. And God, you want to free us all. If there's someone here this morning that they've never said yes to you, they've heard. They've heard. These letters from a king could change their life because they've heard. And they may be trapped through fear or things or garbage, chains. God, I pray that you break every one of those. In Jesus' wonderful name we're praying. Amen. Let's all stand. You have the message. As the Spirit of God directs, you respond.
It's really good to be in church today. Gosh, gosh, really good. I um, had the 10 uh, whole radiation scan on my brain, did that 10 times. And uh, some people, they say that it affects not too bad. In others, it affects kind of worse. That was one of the worst. Um, and then after uh, the 10 days, then it was the doctor said it'd take uh, 10 more days to kind of start feeling better. So uh, I'm over that as far as the 10 days and I'm still, uh, yeah, we're still looking to feel, to feel a lot better. Um, we don't have anything set up yet. We're waiting for a phone call, I think Monday. Uh, from St. Louis to where they'll set up an appointment and I'll do another uh, scan with them. So just, yeah. And I have, uh, I've tried to uh, be up front and tell you everything that we know. So uh, doing that as well as we, as we can. Uh, but it is certainly good to see the church going right on. And I want to take this time, where'd Logan go? There he is. I want to thank Logan for filling in for me as good as he has. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, 
It's a lot to put on a young guy, but uh, he sure seems up to the task. Also, I want to thank Brian uh, for being here and helping like he does. And the church uh, staff, got a wonderful church staff here, best around. And uh, I want to thank my wife for giving me whatever pills that I'm supposed to take. <laughs> it's in her, yeah, it's in her hands. I'm telling you, she could, here, take this. <laughs> also, I want to thank Greg and Becky. They've been uh, my brother and, and his wife. They've been so good to, to come over and, and help out. And I've mentioned this about Greg before. Uh, 10 years incarcerated, uh, 10 years before that, uh, him really not having anything to do with any of the family members. So uh, it's kind of like I've got a brother back. That's a good thing. We ask you to share your faith with someone this week. And um, if you lack confidence, uh, do what Paul did. Paul said he took confidence. He needed it, he knew what he needed, so he took confidence. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.